The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by Alumni Ventures. Invest with confidence. Discover the power of venture investing with Alumni Ventures, America's largest venture firm for individual investors. Learn more at av.vc. LinkedIn presents. The human is supposed to be naturally productive and creative and motivated and energized. It's when life throws curveballs our way that that very natural state is interrupted. And so if there's no motivation present, if you have someone laying on the couch binge watching whatever their show is, that's not a moral failing. It's also not an excuse. It's a symptom. It's a sign that there's something going on that needs attention. Welcome back to the Next Big Idea Daily. I'm your host, Michael Kovnett, and today's topic is motivation. It's a word you've probably been hearing your whole life from parents, teachers, coaches. You may have heard motivational speakers, read motivational quotes, all exhorting you to get off your butt and get things done. But what is motivation? And is it really something you can turn on at will? My guest is the psychotherapist and author Britt Frank, who wrote the new book, The Science of Stuck, Breaking Through Inertia to Find Your Path Forward. In it, she argues that if you're not feeling motivated to accomplish that goal or break that habit, it's not because you're lazy, it's not because you're crazy, it's because on some level you don't feel safe. And that's not something you can just talk yourself into. The fact is, is there's no such thing as lack of motivation. Our brains are always motivated. And our brains are motivated by one of two things. Our brains are either motivated to mobilize in the direction of our choosing to mobilize toward our goals, our productivity aims, and the things we want to do, or our brains are motivated to survive a real or perceived threat. So to say that someone lacks motivation is kind of a misnomer, and failure to use accurate language keeps us in a state of stuck. When you're stuck on the couch on hour seven of a -a binge-a-thon of whatever your show is, it's not because you lack motivation. It's because your brain is perceiving a threat. Now, the pushback I get on that is, okay, so if you're saying that my brain is perceiving a threat, does that excuse inertia? Does my teenager get to say to me, oh, sorry, I can't do my homework because of a real or imagined threat? And the answer is, of course not. Knowing that our brains have these survival mechanisms of on and off don't excuse inertia, but they do explain inertia for the purposes of getting unstuck. Motivation does involve our thinking, but first and foremost, motivation is not a mindset issue. It's a nervous system issue. And once we understand how the gas pedal and the brake pedal of the brain work, we can get ourselves moving. Okay, so how does this work? You say motivation is not a mindset issue. Of course, I believe that it is, you know, that if I can't get off the couch, if I can't get that project started, it's some sort of moral failing of mine that I'm just not trying hard enough. But you're saying that it's not a mental, it's not a mindset issue so much as it is physiological. Just could you say a little bit more about why I should think of it that way? Sure. And people get very angry at me when I say that they're saying, are you, are you saying it's okay to just lay on the couch and do nothing? It's uh-huh. like, I'm a born and bred New Yorker. No, I am not saying that. That goes counter to everything I was raised with. However, I am saying that motivation is first a physiological issue, not a mental one. Our natural state, uninhibited by threat, is productivity. 
the human is supposed to be naturally productive and creative and motivated and energized. It's when life throws curveballs our way that that very natural state is interrupted. And so if there's no motivation present, if you have someone laying on the couch binge watching whatever their show is, that's not a moral failing. It's also not an excuse. It's a symptom. It's a sign that there's something going on that needs attention. Again, that's not the end of the game. It's not, oh, well, my brain doesn't feel motivated. Therefore, I can just lay here and call in sick to work and do nothing. It's like, no, no, no. This right. is information for the purpose of changing it. But my, my argument based on the brain science is that human brains are naturally motivated. If you're feeling unmotivated, it's first and foremost a problem with your physiology that your brain feels unsafe for whatever uh -huh. reason. We can figure it out and we can change that. But if you think it's a mindset issue and you don't get off your couch, then you're going to show up in my office saying that you have a depressive disorder. And I would say, well, how many hours have you spent telling yourself that you suck because of this right. issue? Well, great. Is that a depressive disorder or is that hours and hours and months and weeks of negative self-talk that's been reinforced? And again, I'm not saying that mental illness is not real. I take psych medication. I have severe mental illness both sides of my family. I am not saying our yeah. symptoms and our pain are not real. I am saying if you're not feeling motivated, it's not because you have a mindset issue. Obviously, our mindset matters. We know this. Right. But firstly, it's a physiological sign that your brain feels unsafe. Well, why would my brain feel unsafe yeah. is the next question. There are a myriad reasons why our brains prefer the discomfort of the status quo to change. And again, it's not an excuse, but it's helpful information to know your brain is invested in you staying small and safe, not thriving and happy and crushing it, nailing all those life goals. So help, help me think of how this could work in practice so that if I'm feeling unmotivated to start on some project that I've been saying I'm going to do, how can I dig into that to figure out why I'm hesitating. Do I need to figure it out? Do I need to figure out what the trauma is? Do I have some fear of, as you say, like risking financial resources because I, I was overwhelmed by paying my taxes? So I have, <laughs> I, I, I experienced some trauma around money and that's keeping me from making another move. Or I experienced some trauma around losing friends, you know, earlier in my life. So I don't want to risk my relationships right now. Is that the kind of thing or is that too? Is that too simplistic a way of thinking of it? I'm the most anti-analytical therapist that you'll uh -huh. meet. I like analysis personally, but we do not need more information. Like the thing that is rendering so many good people stuck in the mud is not lack of insight and it's not lack of information. We are drowning in information. So you having the precise pieces of information that have contributed to your state of stuckness, not necessarily helpful. So I'm a much bigger advocate of rather than starting with the why am I stuck, I've found that if you want to get, quote, motivated, let's start with what are three micro yeses available to you right now, not tomorrow, not next week, but just of all of your choices right now, pick three micro yeses that are available realistically to you, pick one, do it, and then repeat. Because stuck turns into unstuck. Unmotivated uh -huh. turns into motivated the second you say yes to anything in any direction. 
So I'm a much bigger advocate of, all right, forget about why you're stuck. Let's find a way to get you moving. And then by the time you get into motion, you may not care what the contributing factors were because they may be rendered completely irrelevant by them. What's an example of a micro yes? What's something that I, some small thing that I could do to get out of the stuck state? I'm really big. I didn't put micro yeses in the book, but I'm such an advocate of them personally and clinically. So what most people do is they try to take a small step. But again, our brains don't necessarily have the same perception of size. So if I'm laying on the couch and it's like, I really want to go for a run. I just want to go for a 10-minute run, just an easy peasy 10-minute run. If you're not doing it, it's because your brain is going, nope, that's too big of a step. A micro yes is the smallest thing that your system can actually do without going Uh into freeze. So for you, a micro yes might be you take a walk around the block. A micro yes for me might be I get off the couch, walk to the front door, and then go back to the couch. Uh And then I try again later. But a micro yes is if you're not doing it, then you need to make your step smaller. Whatever the step is that you're saying that you want to do, if you're not doing it, make it smaller and then make it smaller. Because even the most freaked out nervous system can find a micro yes to something to some degree. So find your micro yeses rather than asking, why am I stuck? Why am I unmotivated? So why not try some micro yeses today, listeners? Whatever habit you're trying to break or goal you're procrastinating on accomplishing, what's the smallest possible step you could take toward it? No, think of something even smaller, a tiny action that you'll take today. And then take the next one and then the next one. And slowly but surely, you may find your body ease up, your fight, flight, or freeze response relax, your anxiety soften, and you'll find yourself well on your way to your goal. If you could use a little support along the way, sign up for the Next Big Idea daily newsletter using the link in the episode notes. We'll send you a weekly roundup of our interviews with big thinkers in the worlds of psychology, creativity, productivity, and leadership, a toolkit of ideas you can use to improve your life one step at a time. I'm Michael Kovnat. Until tomorrow.